Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. So let this be your time, your time to connect uh, with the depths of your being, to become grounded and more fully aware of the truth of what you are, to find in this moment peace, wholeness, and infinite joy. We're going to be looking at the topic of yoga therapy today. What What is it and what what can it offer us and how does it fit into the uh, traditional context of um, ancient yoga as the Sanskrit, um, what the Sanskrit word implies, the oneness, union or unity, bringing our attention and our awareness um, to directly connect with our essence of being, our spiritual nature, being restored to our original wholeness, knowing our spiritual nature and living in harmony with it. And we're um, blessed today to have John Kepner, Executive Director of the International Association of Yoga Therapy uh, Therapists, back with us today. And uh, John was the founding director of the Renewed Association, IAYT, and he's been Executive Director there since 2004. He's a practicing yoga teacher and therapist with a professional background in economics, finance, and nonprofit management. He holds teacher and therapist certifications from the American Vinny Yoga Institute and teaching certification from A.G. Mohan in Chennai, India. His work for IAYT and his writings often have a economic and public policy perspective. So I think you can begin to have a sense that, that John is very skilled in many areas and we're so delighted to have him um, back with us today because he's right there on the leading edge of how these wonderful practices of yoga can benefit people in so many ways 
And then how do we hold to the spiritual heart of yoga as we do that? For more information about the International Association of Yoga Therapy, um, just go to iayt.org. And you'll find information there about the organization and also the upcoming conference um, June 4 through 7 in Newport Beach, California. That's 2015. Welcome, John. I'm so delighted that you're back with us today on the Yoga Hour. Good morning. I'm delighted to be here. And before we talk about yoga, let's take a moment to just practice it, shall we? Just a moment to, uh, just to, just to meditate, just to center ourselves. In this moment now, let's just practice centering ourselves, using our breath to come home to our essential nature. So as you breathe, as you breathe in, feel that your attention and awareness are diving within into the infinite ocean of divine consciousness deeper, deeper into the stillness of your being. As you breathe out, let go of any stress that you might have been carrying with you today. And just let the thoughts float on by, you know, like boats on the surface of the water. Just let them go by. And know that you are anchored in the calm, in the clarity, in the peace, of your essential divine nature, which is conscious, pure, free, unmoving, unchanging, pure existence being. Just breathe in, breathe out consciously. Notice your breath. Notice thoughts and feelings arising. And just don't cling to them. Just let them move on by. And begin to notice how powerful a yoga moment like this can be. Just stopping involvement with thought, with sensory perception, with emotion. It can still be there, but we just let go of it and instead turn our attention to our divine self. Just notice how a yoga moment like that unveils peace and know that we can take that peace with us now into everything we are doing today, everything we encounter. Let it be your aim and just come back to it. Just come back to it. And let your day be filled with many yoga moments of peace 
that you can share with those that you meet. As I mentioned in the opening, we're going to be exploring today um, with with John Kepner how yoga therapy is itself um, growing and changing and expanding as a very vital field today for um, uh, getting these wonderful tools of yoga, uh, techniques of yoga and yoga philosophy out uh, into settings uh, where they can really help people benefit in terms of health and wellness and spiritual awakening. And of course, when we look at that, there's, there's always this tension in, um, well, how is that presented? There's so many different um, schools of yoga. There's so many different ways that that yoga can um, be looked at, be practiced. And so, John, I'm so glad that that you're the one <laughs> who is leading this <laughs> leading this ship for us. And I and I know that you have a wonderful staff and team, and and that there's so many member schools of IAYT. You know, who are now really living this question of, you know, how uh, what is yoga therapy today? How does it um, you know, how does it work and um, and how can um, it, it make a difference in people's lives? So let's just start with that simple question of, you know, what is yoga therapy? <laughs> That's something that we used to always open conferences with, with that question. Mm-hmm. I'll simply call it an orientation to, to the practice. So Christian Materia used to talk about four different orientations. One is fitness for people that can practice two hours a day. One is health maintenance for busy people who have a a mortgage, a job, and children to raise. There's spiritual support for people that have that orientation or that need at that point of their life. And the fourth is yoga therapy, where the focus is on helping somebody with some, I'm going to say health condition at the moment, although it's not limited to that. But think of you're orientating, orientating a practice to help somebody with chronic low back pain or help somebody with asthma, somebody with some mental disturbances because of something in their life, or even somebody who is undergoing chemotherapy and they just don't know whether they're going to live or die. So the orient, it's a yoga practice, but it's an orientation to help the, per, the person with that particular problem, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's beautiful to have this map, and certainly we know that um, there are so many ways of, of seeing and experiencing yoga, and these, um, you know, four ways that you mentioned actually could be um, practiced and incorporated, you know, in in, in one life, you know, there are those of us who, who have yoga as our spiritual foundation and we see the purpose of yoga as being self and God realization. And we know that our daily practice, you know, the, even as we're geared towards spiritual awakening is a key to, um, maintaining, um, and encouraging health and wellness and balanced living and, um, 
you know, any time we get out of balance, um, we look at, well, okay, how can my uh, yoga practice, my yogic lifestyle really um, help me, you know, um, come back uh, to center and um, be in tune with the, the healing powers really of the divine self. Um, so, you know, how, how do you see, um, how do you see yoga therapy which in all the ways that, that you've mentioned, you know, either fitness or health maintenance, spiritual support, or, you know, getting down to the therapeutic level, somebody has a particular problem. How can we hold that tension uh, within this field of yoga therapy to have this deeper goal of yoga, of, you know, a spiritual goal, which is the foundation of it, while being able to meet individuals, you know, where they are with their therapeutic uh needs and focus well my perspective is just being very practical about this and one of the things is that all those different orientations are not exclusive not exclusive okay for an example an astanga practitioner the, the very physical part my experience with those people they tend to be very spiritual people so you can mix these two things at the same time and recognizing that, I think, will can mitigate some of the confusion about what is what because you can do multiple things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and certainly, you know, somebody can come to a hatha. Let's say somebody comes to a hatha yoga class. You know, it's their first uh, doorway into learning about yoga. And, um, you know, just the experience of practicing yoga, um, and especially in a meditative way, um, you know, can, can bring this experience of peace and calmness and, um, you know, and sometimes, uh, deeper self-awareness. And, you know, that leads people to ask, well, you know, is there more, you know, um, what else, <laughs> what else can I learn about <laughs> yoga? You know, what else, what else does it offer me? And, and so, you know, I think people come in that door if they're looking for fitness, you know, they, they may find themselves then, you know, next looking for a meditation class. And, um, you know, and then soon after that, they're starting to, uh, study Patanjali <laughs> and looking at Yoga Sutra. And, you know, what is this, um, philosophy about and you know it's interesting because it seems like no matter which direction you turn with yoga therapy um there's bigger questions that come you know so for example if you if you look at okay let's look at yoga therapy as this therapeutic model and how you know people can really be helped with specific problems you know say back pain or even you know even some of the practices like the mudras um um, you know, Matra Raj was on here a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about mudra and just these simple practices that you can do even with your hands, you know, that can help change your energy, help calm you down, um, can be used for healing. So we have these therapeutic um, practices and then you have the people saying, well, you know, 
what about the spiritual part? You know, that really needs to be right up there in the forefront. Okay, so you have that group, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, John, <laughs> but, but I just, for our listeners, I want to sort of draw this map. So you have that, and then on the other side, you have people who are, you know, interested in the therapeutic, um, but, you know, it's a, it, it can become a barrier to them if they think about yoga as spiritual, um, or in particular as religious. And um, so, you know, they may not want their child being exposed to uh, the meditative practices of yoga in school, for example. So, you know, how do you keep the spiritual root connected and not have it be a problem at the same time? Well, one of the ways we do that is that there's such a diversity of yoga studios and yoga teachers. So in the U.S., you have, let's say California particularly, you have so many choices. So you can find a teacher in a class that meets your needs at that time, okay? If you're not interested in the spiritual part, you can certainly find classes like that or just the opposite. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the... Yoga is not a standardized practice, and one of our IYT slogans is, you know, we're doing standards, but it's standards and not standardization. Mm. So people can people can find what they need and what they're interested in, and those needs and interests will change over time, as I know you've seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm thinking again about Paramahansa Yogananda, you know, saying... There's room for everyone, and you know certainly yoga is that way. It's it's a very um, big umbrella, and you know really yoga is life, isn't it? I mean, when you think of life, <laughs> yoga is is a spiritually conscious life, and so it makes sense that. Um, you know, people are going to approach that differently. They're going to experience it differently. And, um, and I think, you know, for those of us who are keen, you know, to have the spiritual, um, goals and focus of yoga in the forefront, um, we also don't want, certainly don't want to close the door, or prevent, um, people who are, you know, who could benefit. Um, from the therapeutic aspects of yoga, um, you know, we want to see that that happen as well. Um, we're just uh, going to head into a break in just a moment, and I think you know when we come back, um, maybe you could tell us a little more about what um, IAYT is doing about um, sort of how as an organization, positioning yoga and yoga therapy so that um, this this spiritual root of yoga is not lost and, and we're not, um, you know, medicalizing yoga, you know, making it like some form of, of, of physical therapy, really. So um, let's let's chat about that when we come back from the break. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm talking this morning with John Kapner, who's Executive Director of the International Association of Yoga Therapists. John's a practicing yoga teacher and therapist with a professional background in economics, finance, and nonprofit management. Uh, his organizational uh, website is iayt.org. Org. And um, this is a fascinating time for yoga and yoga therapy, so I invite you to take a look at the work they're doing, and um, they're right on the leading edge of research as well. So when we get back, we'll talk about how what this looks like. Be right back with you. 
Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity Online Radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I am Yogacharya O'Brien, and uh, we're joined today um, by yoga therapist and yoga teacher and executive director of International Association of Yoga Therapists, John Kapner, and um, the IAYT. Uh, is having their annual conference, the Symposium on Yoga Therapy and Research, coming up very soon here, June 4th through 7. This is 2015 in uh, Newport Beach, California. It's a beautiful setting, and um, and I know that it's going to be really inspiring. I plan to be there myself, and um, I've looked at the program, and there's uh, so much for everybody there that can be um, insights into current research. It can be uh, inspiration for your practice and uh, definitely an opportunity to immerse yourself in this um, ancient but uh, growing field. Paramahansa Yogananda said, To know God is the most important way to heal all disease physical, mental, spiritual. As darkness cannot remain where light is, so also the darkness of disease is driven away by the light of God's perfect presence when it enters the body. And uh, and so, you know, this points us again, John, you know, back to the spiritual core of, of yoga. And, you know, my own awareness um, and experience is that the self, the divine self, the capital S self, is the healer. 
you know, in every one. And uh, it's not, uh, a technique won't heal us. Um, it can be supportive, but ultimately it is the divine self that is the healing power and presence. And so, you know, when we left off in the first segment, the, the question that came up is, you know, how does yoga therapy in this wonderful growing um, field that it is uh, refrain from uh, quote-unquote medicalizing yoga, you know, making it into some thing <laughs> uh, that that removes it, you know, from this uh, spiritual root? So what is IAYT doing about that? Okay. One thing we're doing is to emphasize you're not just treating, let's say, back pain. You're helping a person practice yoga who has chronic low back pain, say, but they have many other dimensions as a human being. So let me give you an example because I used to work with people with back pain all the time. They would come for the back pain. But we would do some relaxation, we'd do some, of course, some stretches and some contractions, but we'd also do some breathing, maybe some meditation. So it was a yoga practice, a yoga practice that might help their back pain, but it was still a yoga practice that helped quiet their mind and perhaps through that help them understand themselves better and then that's sort of the launching pad, at least in my view, of more self-awareness or spiritual development. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a holistic practice with an orientation towards that, that individual's back pain, but still mm-hmm. a yoga practice. Mm-hmm. So the presenting issue becomes the doorway um, to the to the depths of yoga. And really, I think it, it's up to the individual, um, well, and also the therapist, you know, how far um, to, to go with that, um, you know, and in, whether an individual is interested in the spiritual dimension or not. Um, the opportunity is there, you know, to open to it. But it also, you know, would depend on the spiritual consciousness and awareness of the therapist. And, um, you know, that, that's a whole other thing, isn't it, John? Like, you know, <laughs> how do you factor that into any kind of accreditation or training? Well, first, let me simply say, yes, that, that connection between the therapist, in this case the yoga therapist, and the student, I, call, I still call them students, it's, in my experience, it's tangible. There's a, a connection there. And that's actually a very traditional aspect of healing, this, this connection between the healer and the patient. Um, so you want to honor that, but our healthcare system does not support that. Think of, for example, MDs. In some cases, all they do is dispense pills, so there's not much of a healing relationship. Mm-hmm. But in yoga, like a one-on-one situation, you do start developing a relationship, and that healing relationship has power. So one of the things we stress in the standards, if you will, for yoga therapists is they have to have their own practice and experience being a yoga 
practitioner for a long time. This is not something you learn in a month. And it's not just a trait. It's not a mechanical thing. Your own consciousness, your own shakti, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a variable in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can't, uh, you know, it's hard to explicitly train for that and measure that, but you can support things that cultivate that, starting with your own practice and continuing with your relationship with your own teachers and your own study. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's really absolutely vital, isn't it? You know, just to stay in the stream um, yourself. Otherwise, you know, what, what do you really have to, to give um, somebody else? You know, you could, uh, you could give them techniques. But, you know, it seems to me that at the heart of any, any level of yoga – you know whether it, it is coming at the level of fitness that you mentioned in the in the four uh, uh, orientations to practice from Krishnamacharya, whether it's fitness or health maintenance or spiritual uh, support and awareness or, or yoga therapy, whether it's any of those, um, the principal task, um, if we're doing it in a conscious, illumined way. <laughs> Is, is to provide support for connecting the person with themselves. In other words, to train them in self-referral. And um, in some ways, you know, the therapeutic context has to, uh, let me say, you know, fight the tendency for a client or student or a, a disciple to... Um, project out the inner healer, you know, on the therapist or on the guru or on the teacher, on the instructor. Um, and, you know, that's that happens and it's part of the healing process. But, you know, that, that needs to be understood that, you know, whatever we're doing, um, our, our main task is to teach people how to connect with themselves um, and so we have to know how to do that ourselves, <laughs> and we also have to know, you know, how how not to fall into the trap of thinking that we that we are the healer, right? Yes. One of the things about the term therapist is sometimes misleading because another term that some people use is actually yoga educator. You're mm-hmm. teaching people to do things themselves and to help people cultivate their own self-awareness. You're not mm-hmm. giving a shot or giving medicine or doing uh, chiropractic. You're not doing something to somebody. You're educating person and to what they can do themselves with their own body and their own mind mm-hmm. and their own spirit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's a good term, and and uh, and I think it it, it says it in, in a good way. Of course, it, um, you know, what I'm talking about is is the tendency. You know, I think we all have it. You know, to look outside of ourselves. I mean, it's what yoga is. It's the it's the mistaken thing that yoga is fighting against, which is you know we all have a tendency to look outside of ourselves for something that we need, right? And we're looking for the expert. We're looking for the therapist. Um, and, uh, and so the, the term therapist is so much more compelling. Like, you know, this person can really help me. And, um, while that's true, um, 
you know, it's the principal job, whether that person is called an educator or therapist will be, um, you know, to turn us back, um, to our, to our inner, uh, resources. And, um, you know, and again, I, I say to, to, to avoid, you know, taking on the role of, um, you know, taking over the person's healing process and somehow thinking that that we're doing it. You know what I mean? I do. I mm-hmm. do. But some a big part of that in a yoga practice is having space for the person to be quiet with their own thoughts. Okay. Absolutely, and and you were talking about the. The, in a way, um, how the, the distinction between how yoga therapy is practiced and uh, what somebody might experience in, in the, um, medical, um, environment, uh, today. And now I see that's gotten even more complicated. And I saw my general practitioner not too long ago and, and, you know, now they have uh, computers in the office. And so, you know, while it used to be that they would have the, you know, they would take a few notes while they talk to you, now, um, at least where I am, they're, they're looking at a computer screen. You know, they're looking at your tests. Um, you know, and it's not that they, it's not that they don't look at you, but that, but here's one more barrier to that, um, connection. One more barrier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, so we want to hope that with yoga therapy, we're we're taking down barriers as as much as we can. Well, we have to be careful about the financing system, and we can be seduced by the insurance system, which can define the practice. So you have to be careful about that. So what what do you do about that? I mean, how are we going to make? Um, the benefits of yoga available to people, um, you know, who who wouldn't be able to afford that without some kind of insurance support. How are we going to do that? Um, that's probably one of the central questions that you deal with every day. Yes. Let me give you an example. One of the most influential studies in yoga therapy was done now probably 10 years ago. It was showing how yoga was actually... It was the first clinical trial to show that yoga was good for chronic low back pain. Okay? We would say, duh, we've known that forever. But it was an actual uh, clinical trial about that. It's a trial with 18 people in a class taught by, by a very skillful yoga therapist who I know who's also very skillful at working with people individually. Now, let's suppose we start funding through the insurance systems yoga for chronic low back pain. Now, the experience of going to a class with 18 people with one common dimension or one common problem, chronic back pain, is very different than going to see a a person one-on-one who may pay attention to, first, your own body, and Mm -hmm. second of all, your breathing and your aspirations and your concerns, uh, all those different things. Mm -hmm. And your lifestyle. (laughs) Your lifestyle, Uh those things. So, see... In our system right now, if it's covered by insurance, people will 
will only often often only do stuff that's covered by their insurance. That's from the medical system. But the alternative system, most of it's not covered by insurance, and people will pay for it. Okay, and not everybody can do that. That's one of the problems. Mm-hmm. But if you start accepting money, people will only go to certain things that are covered by it, and they may not cover the most important things for you. And mm-hmm. That's why I always say the insurance coverage is a two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, it, definitely, it definitely is. And um, I know in the um, Arvedic uh, world, um, one of the ways they're they're getting around, you know, making Ayurvedic um, medicine um, available to people is through free clinics, and um, so potentially that you know that's there um, for yoga therapy as well. I'm not I'm not aware of people doing that, but it's it's a nice model, um, you know, where people have an opportunity to have that accessible to them. Uh, yes, there is a. Uh, Larry Payne, for example, in in Los Angeles, uh, his uh, some of his graduates they work for a lot of interns in a free clinic in uh, someplace in Los Angeles that offers yoga therapy. It's a great mm-hmm. training program. Again, who's who's financing this? You know, you have to ask yourself who's ultimately paying for this. Mm-hmm. Healthcare people can do some things for free, but. That can't be the majority of their practice. Mm-hmm. So, what about that two-edged sword with insurance? Do you see um, having uh, insurance coverage for various uh, forms of yoga therapy as being viable, or do you think it's uh, a better idea for yoga therapists to just stay away from it? You know, where have you landed in that um, in that debate? Okay, that's a big question. So right now, insurance covers yoga in some ways already, okay? Uh, some hospitals, they have what they call lifestyle medicine, where they look at diet and exercise, and yoga is part of that. So somehow they're paying for that through the regular fees that people stay for being at a hospital. I don't know exactly how they're doing it, but it's being paid for. The Dean Orange program, which is skin diet, exercise, and, and yoga, uh, has been accepted by Medicare, so they pay for it that way. Right now, I, we have a, a system where some places it's paid for, some places it's not, and I want to make sure we preserve, that's a key issue for me, preserve situations where students can see teachers individually in that classic student-teacher relationship. That yoga therapist may often be a very good yoga teacher in the best sense of that term. And in the short term, they may help them with their back problem, for example, but they also may be a good yoga teacher in the depth sense of that, in the long-term depth sense of that term. That's what I want to make sure we preserve whatever happens going forward. Mm. You know, we're going to go for a break in, in just a moment here, John. And, you know, of course, we're, you've just touched on the heart of it again. You know, how do you preserve the classic uh, 
um, relationship, the classic model, um, which really in ancient yoga, you know, harkens back to the guru shishya, the, the teacher student, uh, guru disciple model of, um, transmission, um, which is not, you know, just, uh, a physical therapy, of course, but it has to do with transforming, uh, our whole life. And yoga is so valuable for that. So when we come back from the break, let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, it's fascinating to me, you know, how, uh, yoga is growing in this way. And, um, I'm, I'm just, um, so delighted with your commitment uh, to keep this um, essence uh, alive and well in yoga therapy. Um, I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm talking today with John Kepner, Executive Director of the International Association of Yoga Therapists, and we'll be right back with you for our last segment, um, Getting Back to the Heart of Yoga. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org, and we will respond. Now, back to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm talking today with John Kepner, Executive Director of the International Association of Yoga Therapists, and um, want to remind you that uh, registration is still open for the upcoming SITAR Conference, Symposium on Yoga Therapy and Research, that will be um, taking place in Newport Beach, California, at a beautiful uh, hotel there. Um, 
And you can find out more about this symposium on yoga therapy and research at iayt.org. And uh, while uh, there will be many yoga therapists there, it's also open, I think, to anyone who has an interest in this field, um, whether it is personal or professional, a good place to learn about um, this growing edge of yoga, reaching people for health and wellness and uh, spiritual realization. Um, so, John, I think I'm just going to go to the to the last question I often ask people that I'm talking with, and then we can we can go on from there. Um, but you know, we were talking in the last hour about the medical model, and you know what what can we do to preserve this sort of ancient healing um, potential that is there with the one-on-one connection between a uh, therapist and client or uh, guru-disciple uh, relationship. So I'm going to go with our, our, our question that is, if you, if you had one wish for yoga therapy um, a, as it would unfold in the next five to ten years, you know, what would that be? What, what is the vision that you hold uh, as, as your highest hope for this field of yoga therapy? Okay. Uh, question. <laughs> One is that we have a growing number of really well-trained yoga teachers and yoga therapists, okay, in the best sense of that term. In the in the United States, I'll say, first that we have well, really well-trained teachers. And then having that one-on-one relationship with the teacher is something that's recognized and respected. For example, many people will see their, I guess, their psychotherapists for years. But yoga teachers can they can serve, not like psychotherapists, but they can serve as long-term teachers in many ways. And I would like that to be recognized as a, a good holistic path for many, for any individual that actually is interested in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting in the U.S. when you, when you look at, and I know you, you have a background in economics, so you have a keen um, purview on this. Um, you know, when in, in ancient cultures where, where yoga began, as, as I understand it, it, it was traditional um, for the teacher to be financially provided for and supported. And, and of course, in our teaching tradition, we would say, you know, that, that comes out of the the grace of the work and the consciousness of the of the teacher um so so there's that heritage where there's an understanding that um that that the the field um the spiritual the ashram uh the teachers are are supported you know by the students <clears throat> but and then when you know yoga moved to the west you know we we have a different um viewpoint about that here and a different system and so um you know, we, we don't do it in the same way in terms of uh, supporting the uh, spiritual teacher or the ashram. You know, here we, we end up doing, you know, fundraisers, <laughs> which, you know, you wouldn't see in the traditional Indian system. And, 
and yet, uh, you know, the relationship is no less uh, valued or, or, or important. And so, um, you know, how to deal with that issue of how to, how to fund, um, programs like this and at the same time not make them about making money. Well, okay. I guess first of all, it is, the, the spiritual teachers, the yoga teachers, they still have to buy a house, educate their children, save for retirement. So one is recognizing that those are fundamental things in our society for most people. And as our own spiritual consciousness evolves, we, you know, people's awareness of that grows, but, but pretty slowly. <laughs> so part of that then is, uh, Recognizing that uh, spiritual support can have, let's call it, mental so mental health benefits as well as physical health benefits, and so the social dollars that are allocated to healthcare, either through individual health savings accounts or through insurance payments, uh, sh- should be allowed to be go to spiritual teachers, which brings all sorts of issues about that, but that's one of the things we have to recognize is how we're going to support well-trained teachers that can help us in so many ways. Okay, This is a long conversation, but and it's we don't have a complete answer yet, but we are keenly interested in exploring that, Okay, mm-hmm. and that gets us into the politics of health care, which is another conversation really and even the politics of education <laughs> and even the politics of education you know in uh, education you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like what what we we opened the program you know with that that question you know like the spiritual root of yoga is is essential um to its its healing power really and um and yet, you know, in order to bring yoga into uh, educational setting or medical setting, um, due to our wonderful separation of, of church and state, <laughs> you know, that, that raises a flag for people. And there are people who will resist having yoga, uh, in the classroom or having it, you know, in their, um, medical center because they see yoga as, uh, religion. So it, it seems that, you know, it's problematic no matter which way you turn. Well, I know there was that case in the schools in California, but I see that as a very small thing. I, I actually think there's less and less, or my observation is less and less and very little resistance to yoga in many public settings. Um, so... It's true. It's true. It is less and less, and it does still arise because you know we've we've seen it. You know we've seen on the one hand, um, you know schools opening their doors um, because the stress level for students is so high, and for teachers, and saying you know we we need something. You know we need yoga, so come on in. And then you know we have also seen some parents who say, no, you're you're not going to teach my child. to meditate, you know, unless you're going to have a Christian prayer 
uh, as well. So that issue is still alive and well. Um, but I do think the benefits of yoga uh, are winning out <laughs> and that they will you know, ultimately, ultimately um, prevail. Um, so, John, we just have a few minutes left here this morning. But uh, So I would love it if you would just tell us briefly a little bit about um, the credentialing <clears throat> process that you have <clears throat> excuse me through IAYT okay so in, in the west you have to have some to be recognized as a, uh, a healthcare or at least allied healthcare field you have to have standards that's always a very challenging transition tra- and transformation for any field but IAYT has been doing it actually relatively smoothly so we have standards for the training of yoga therapists. They're essentially at a profession, early professional master's level. Uh, they're based upon competencies, and they're approachable for any yoga lineage, not any yoga lineage. Then from that, we have accredited schools or accredited programs. Right now, IYT has accredited about 20 yoga therapist training programs, and we have about that many undergoing review right now. The next step will be certifying yoga therapists, IAYT certified yoga therapists. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're starting that process now. We've launched, uh, we've published some draft uh, pathways for that. And I think by the middle of next year, we'll have applications ready for IAYT certified yoga therapist. And we hope that will be a launching pad for the practice in the West. I, I'm really acknowledge the work that you're doing, and um, uh, I'm so I'm grateful um, that you're doing it. You know, to make sure that um, you know people who are calling themselves a yoga therapist, um, you know, people will have a way of finding out, you know, uh, if, if there are standards um, that are there being practiced. So uh, I'm so grateful, and I look forward to being at the upcoming conference with you, and, and thank you so much for being uh, with us this morning, John. Um, and I want to remind our listeners that there's an archived um, podcast with John Kepner, uh, Yoga Therapy for Holistic Living, Take Charge of Your Wellness every day and that was aired on um, this Unity Online Radio on the 6th of March in 2014 and so you can search the archives for that other program with John that was an excellent one so you can learn more about yoga therapy there if this is your interest and I want to let you know that next week um, we're going to um, just dive into um, this journey of self-discovery through poetry, mystical inspiration and insight with award-winning poet and freelance writer uh, Parthenia Kavita Hicks. Uh, that's love, yoga, mysticism, and poetry. For information about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, I invite you to visit csecenter.org. And you can also find out there about our trainings um, for yoga teachers and Ayurvedic um, educators and community ministry. Take a look at Nehru Institute at CSE's website, csecenter.org. Find out about our one- and two-year diploma programs. Remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour at iTunes. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember to let your inner light, your divine self, shine into the world and share your peace and your joy with everyone you meet. 
Bye, everyone. It was good to be with you. Thank you, Jeff, in the sound room at Unity. And thank you, John Kepner, for being with us. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 